Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a star. Hello, everyone, and... Okay, hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and we are honored here to have with us tonight uh, a special guest host who is going to be, once again, we are auditioning for a brand new host. This week, it is Miss Wren. Wren, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure and an honor to have you here. So, we have been going through, step-by-step, all of the movies in the Star Wars saga. Starting with Episode 1, going, we're going to be going all the way through Last Jedi, or I almost forgot there was one after Last Jedi, all the way through Rise of Skywalker in canological order, so the order that they would have happened in the actual Star Wars universe. As I said, we started with Episode 1, we've done Episode 2 and 3, and now we are hitting Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, so just a little refresher. Uh, um, episode 1 got a score of uh, 101 out of a possible perfect score of 200. Episode 2 got an 88. And episode 3 got a 197. So almost a perfect score for episode 3. So the way we're doing this, Ren, is we are looking at the acting in the movie. We're looking at the directing of the movie, the writing that is the actual dialogue, and then the story that's being told. Mm-hmm. And we're giving each one a points, a point system. So it is 30 points for acting, 30 points for directing, 20 for writing, 20 for, 20 for storytelling. Okay. And we're just kind of breaking it down and seeing what we liked about the movie, what we didn't like, and each aspect of the movie. So we usually start off with the acting in the movie. But before we get we get to that, let's just discuss Solo in general. Because um, it was one of those movies that was really in a put in a bad situation right away. Like this is a movie that really a Star Wars movie that really didn't have a chance. When it came out, the whole thing that led up to it, um I mean what was your first kind of feeling of the first time seeing solo and you know your thoughts on it just in general? Um you mean uh I know that there was a lot of interesting behind the scenes things that yeah. were regarding yeah. it. Do you mean factoring that in or? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, as far as why, why it did so poorly, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, technically, I think a lot of films would have died to have the type of box office that Solo did. Mm-hmm. But for a Star Wars film, it was about as close as any Star Wars has came to a flop. As far as box office, it did not perform the way that a Star Wars films usually do. And I mean, that has a lot to do with everything that happened before it and just the whole debacle that went into that. So, um, I mean, yeah. 
Um, well, I, I found the, um, the challenges, <laughs> challenges that they encountered going into, um, into creating that film. It was interesting. It was very interesting because I always had an interest in acting and cinema and theater. Um, I never went into it professionally. I, I chose a science track, but um, that was always kind of my first love growing up. And mm -hmm. watching what was happening between the directors and the editors and the actors and um, all the uh, the personalities and people involved in, in creating that movie, that was really interesting mm -hmm. to me because I think it was uh, a signaling a change of uh, movie making culture overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was very um, kind of a toxic place to work <laughs> for a yeah. long um, 80s and 90s, early 2000s, all of that. But then there came to be a point where enough people um, just started putting their foot down in high enough places. And I think mm -hmm. some, of, some of that <clears throat> was responsible for um, some of the conflicts behind the movie. And one thing I found to be really fascinating was the change of <clears throat> power regarding movie making. It used to be the director. The director yeah. was the person. Um, what he or she said happened. And back in the day, um, the director also did the editing for the movie as mm -hmm. well. They would go in, they would sit down, and they would actually splice the, the tape by hand. Yeah. Uh, so it was really the same person. Of course, he or she would have their, their support staff, you know, helping with the process because it was extremely time consuming. But now things are really, really different. Um, now the editors um, actually have a huge say in what the directors direct because they're mm -hmm. the ones that actually can take the raw material that the directors produce and comprise the movie. Yeah. And the editors were not being satisfied. And the two directors were like, well, make it wonderful. You know, they, yeah. they had very much this old school attitude of the director is no one's higher than the director. And, um, you know, the head editor went no. And she mm -hmm. went to, um, you know, her supervisors in Disney. And Disney said, you know, we're not dealing with this and kicked them out. And. Um, I, uh, frankly, I thought that story was more interesting than the actual movie story. Yeah. Well, I've <laughs> said time and time again, when it comes to the movie Solo itself, and we'll get into the, the details of my issue in a second, but for me, Solo was the movie that no one asked for. Like, I did not want to, I, like, I love Han Solo, but... I everything I needed to know about Han Solo, I already knew from the original trilogy. I mean, the only thing I was minutely interested in was him meeting Chewie. Um, other than that, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really care how he became a smuggler. I didn't. He just was. He was a smuggler, and I knew everything I needed to know. To me, Han Solo's story had a per, he had a perfect arc. I would have been perfectly fine if they would have done what, what Harrison Ford wanted to do in the first place, which is to have him die off in Jedi. That's originally what he wanted. He wanted 
Han to die in Jedi in some sort of big sacrifice. I think that would have been a perfect fit ending for him. He would have had a perfect story arc of starting out from the from this kind of on this kind of seedy side of the law to turning into a hero to then sacrificing himself in the end. It would have been a perfect circular story arc for him. But I mean that being said, it was a fun, fun movie for me. I mean, it was nothing, you know. <laughs> it wasn't bad, it wasn't good. It was just a fun little adventure. But I think one of the big things that hurt Solo is Last Jedi. I think there was so much, cons- like, after the backlash from Last Jedi, because um, I remember when, when, it, when it came, when it first came out, when Solo came out, and they were talking about that, how so many people were talking about they're going to boycott it just because of Last Jedi, which is the stupidest thing in the world. But hey, that's the way Star Wars fans are sometimes. Um, and then the fact that there was virtually no real push by Disney. Um, I mean, you had what, like, just a few, it, like the trailer came out just a few months, just a couple months before the actual movie came out. So there was no real push. There was no real sense of urgency to promote this movie from Disney. Um, that and you started getting the story, like you said, the change of directors, the rewrites, which rewrites are nothing new in, in, in movies. Movies get rewritten all the time. So but I think now the difference is now that because the internet, because there it's so prevalent with social media and everything like that, people hear about it more often um, than they did before. And so it becomes a bigger deal when they hear, oh, this movie's getting rewritten. Well, yeah, it, most movies do get some parts of the, of the script rewritten, you know, um, numerous times. But, uh, well, let's just get into it first with the acting. Um, what did you think of the acting in Solo? Um, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I, I felt, I mean, it was science fiction-y good, you know? I mean, yeah. it was, it was good enough that, um yeah i kept watching it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um did i go back a second and a third time to the movie theater no no yeah um you know i watched it once and on occasion i may watch like little bits and pieces of it um just playing mm-hmm. like in the background on disney plus when i'm doing something else i just might yeah, play this um but it, it's not something that I would just really want to watch again and again and really try to um, notice the details and try to absorb as much little bits and pieces of um, the um, composition of you know, mm-hmm. scenery or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. It, it felt a little one-dimensional, but... Mm-hmm. but really almost all the movies feel at best two-dimensional to me yeah yeah Um, you know there there's moments that um 
really good. They feel really good to hmm. me. Uh, yeah. But overall, you know, uh, I give it a meh. Yeah, it was it was very predictable to me. You know, there was nothing that really came out of like, oh, oh, I wasn't expecting that. As far as like the main movie, I think the the um, post credit scene with Maul that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. That was a good setup. Um, but other than that, everything else was very predictable. Um, I mean, and that's one of the issues with prequels is you kind of know where they're headed because you know you have to have to set up for what's going to happen later. So it's they're kind of predictable. But this one was very um, paint-by-numbers yeah. adventure movie. Um, Even that acting felt kind of paint-by-numbers, exactly yeah. what you said. It, it yeah. was... I mean, it was in color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it was there. Well, but... it, seemed, it seemed to me, especially when it came to the main characters of, um, and I can never remember the guy the guy who played Han Solo's name, how to pronounce his name, Eckhart? Aiden Eckhart, I think that's, yeah. yeah Alden Eckhart um, and Donald Glover. It seems to be like, like, with episode two and episode three, um, and um, when uh, Ewan McGregor was playing Obi Wan Kenobi, it seemed like yes, he you could tell he studied Alec Guinness. So we talked about this last week. He studied Alec Guinness, studied had his mannerisms, but it didn't seem like it was a copy of. Of Alec Guinness, it was Ewan McGregor being Obi Wan Kenobi. This seemed like it was, especially with Donald Glover, which I love. You know, I love Donald, Donald Glover. I think he's he's a he's a good actor. Loved him in Community, but this seemed like it was Donald Glover acting like not being Lando Calrissian, but it was Donald Glover being. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't remember the guy's name. <laughs> Star Wars fans are going to tell me, uh, but him being Lando Calrissian, you know, um, it seemed like he was just copying another actor and just, you know, instead of making the character himself, you know, um, and with with a character like Han Solo, I mean, God bless. Plus anyone who wants to take on that role. I mean, come on. That's that's such an iconic role. Um, it this, I don't think anyone could have done that. No, and I mean and, no wiggle room. I and and I can just yeah. imagine an actor being like, Well, you know, I'm an actor, I'm I'm not a mimic. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so I, I yeah, I mean my well to be honest, my expectations for that movie anyway were extremely low. Yeah. Um, I but I was still very curious. You know how how did they actually pull it off? I mean, they were they're dealing with um, a lot of stuff going on in the background, and yeah. Um, yeah, I was curious. It's like, wow, you know what what did they create? Um, in you know, mm-hmm. in spite of 
the issues and maybe because of the issues. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting. Um, one thing I, I did appreciate about it, though, is that um, and this is getting a little bit into the um, the lines section more so than the yeah. acting part. Maybe I'll wait until we get to the lines. Okay. So what would you give the acting out of a third? for Solo, a Star Wars story? Um, boy. Um, I would give it an 18. 18? I, I give it a little bit lower than you did. I give, my, I give it a 15. Uh, so now let's get into the directing. Now, it was... Finally directed after all, all the move, moves using shakings by Ron Howard. Um, do you think that was a good move to give this movie to a, a pretty seasoned director? Um, you know, Ron Ron Howard's you know a very well known, very well respected actor. Um, you know, and someone who had a connection to George Lucas. Uh, so you have that connection right there um you know, i think that was a smart move um oh yeah yeah i think the best thing they could have done though is to just start from scratch which i don't think they did i think they kept some of the some of the elements from the original script and some of the whatever you know some of the stuff i think the best thing they could have done is just is just tell the fans like look we're shelving this, we're completely redoing this, and we're starting from scratch. I, I think the fans might have been a little upset at first, but I think you would have had a much superior product if they would have just started started over, started from scratch. Um, and, yeah. Which is supposedly happening now regarding um, some of the series that they were working Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes which we can get into that a little bit later, but for right now, um, yeah. So, I mean, Ron Howard, you know. Um, yeah, it's, for me, the best directing movies are when you don't know that, that they're there. Like when things just seem very, very natural and very, I don't know, I don't even know if that's it, but I mean, what did you think of the of the of of the directing? If you can say anything about, um, I really enjoyed the beginning. Mm -hmm. I thought the beginning part was the best part. Um, yeah how you started out with just complete darkness yeah the the spark so like what is that and then it finally flares to life and you realize that it's someone who's trying to jack a speeder mm -hmm. um i thought that was pretty cool and um yeah. chase through the streets and you got to see um with which um it looks very blade runnerish Sort of yeah. Um, and I love that. I love when Star Wars um, gets a little adventurous and they go into that um, aesthetic just enough mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I I think it's a good fit. Um, I, I agree. I think, I think um, if if done a certain way, um, it's a really good fit. And so far, from little bits and pieces that that we have been seeing, um, I, I think they've been doing it some really good justice. So um, that creation that he put together, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree, too. I did like that. I love seeing Corellia for the first time. Um, uh, as a, a fan of the old Legends books, uh, it was good to finally see Han Solo's home planet finally be brought to life, and I thought they did a, a good job of, of reimagining it uh, from what how it was described. And seeing like the star destroyer above this above the above the city and the, all the stuff being create you know being made there was very very cool um the one part the one thing i liked was the scene right after uh he 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 loses kira and he joins the the imperial the imperial navy with the hope of becoming a pilot and then you see him all the ground as a as just a grunt soldier. I love that aesthetic of the idea that you know, yeah, it wasn't just the stormtroopers and the TIE fighter pilots that were fighting this war. There were you know just regular ground soldiers, and it gave this real feel of an of a war. Much like when we talk next week, we'll talk about Rogue One. This gave a very uh, that seemed to me gave a very visceral mud boots on the ground in the mud concept of war and trench warfare i mean i'm a history buff and they're in trenches they're fighting in trench warfare i'm just like oh my gosh this is so cool uh and the soldiers are complaining about the same thing that soldiers everywhere complain about you know it's not just this you know um you know the empire is yay we're the, you know we're the empire we're the evil bad guys you know oh you know they humanized the soldiers of the empire that half of them were just there because well they needed they needed some money or they needed you know someplace something to do or you know the empire promised them something mm-hmm. uh, whether that be something as simple as you know good a hot meal and a place to sleep <laughs> you know and there, there was stability there was a bit of a surprise factor in that because we all know what a great pilot han ultimately turned into i mean yeah but like a, you know unbeatable basically a super pilot and mm-hmm. um he joins the empire to become a pilot and we think all right so this is how he gets all those skills and then the next scene is him like you said in the trenches and in the dirt and the grime Shooting, yeah. infiltrate, and it's like, oh well, isn't that just life when you have these grand expectations and mm-hmm. what happens? <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, place else. Yeah, and I mean that you know we have I've had I have um, family members that have been in the military, and that's that's the military. You think you're going to go in thinking I'm going to do this when I get into the army or the air force, or whatever it is, and the military is like, nope, no, you're not. You're doing this. <laughs> the complete opposite of what you wanted to do. That's what you're going to be doing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think there was a lot of good good director directorial cues 
uh, things where um, yeah, uh, so let's just get right into it. What do you give the directing out of a 30? Um, out of a 30. Um, I guess I would give it a 20. A 20? Mm-hmm. I gave it a 25. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty well, well directed movie. So now we're going into what I think traditionally, at least for the older Star Wars movies, has always been their weak point, the dialogue. Uh, We've gone on and on about George Lucas's dialogue in movies and how it is just, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, This, without the... Without Lucas being there and kind of, you know, lording over everything, um, do you think the dialogue gets better in movies like like this, in the post-Lucas era? Or is that something that's kind of bred into Star Wars is the sort of corny, you know, over-the-top type of dialogue that is just become sort of what Star Wars kind of is almost known for in many ways? I think um, I like to call it the dialogue battles mm-hmm. because there seems to be two camps of um, writers that are kind of jockeying for control over mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, one camp is sort of the corny kind of um, popcorn sci-fi Star Wars dialogue. Yeah. Um, the other camp is a little bit more um what's the word i'm trying to find a little bit more lore friendly and Mm -hmm. a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. um and so far the only real places that i've seen that type of dialogue has been in the animated series Mm-hmm. But I think that's largely because the animated series has been the backbone of Star Wars for many, many years until, yeah. uh, until Disney bought LucasArts. But now we're seeing bits and pieces coming out um, of some better dialogue. Was it present in Solo? Not really. Yeah. But- but we got to actually get more dialogue from Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. And this is literally the most that character has spoken as a live performance yet. Yeah. Yeah. So- you got, I think you got a lot of, in just that little, little, you know, post credit scene, like you said, you got more dialogue than you had. And you got a real, just a glimmer of what, uh, me like those the, us who have people that have watched like Clone Wars and Rebels of what Maul is and just how cool of a character he is and just how just awesome he is and I, I yeah I would love for him to come back um yeah, yeah I just uh yeah I, I'm kind of the same I'm kind of the same way um you know I think I think so. Especially did lean more into the classic 
Lucas type of dialogue um, than that, you know, than maybe some of the other movies in the Disney era have, um, or at least the standalone Star Wars movies between that and uh, Rogue One. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, for me, and this will kind of go into the overall story too, but with, with the dialogue, I think you could have taken out any other references to Star Wars, changed the Empire to something else, even kept the name Empire, uh, but taken out the Star Wars reference and you really wouldn't have hurt the film any. I mean, it would you would have just it was it in many ways, a lot of ways it didn't feel Star Wars to me. It was still, I mean, it was still, like I said, it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. But there were just certain aspects that was like, I don't know if this really is Star Maybe it was the lack of Jedi. You know, yeah. lack of Jedi and Sith. And, and I understand, you know, why. But at the same time, I love the Mandalorian. And until this season, this past season, there were, you know, the Jedi weren't there, you know, but you did have the force. You did, you know, with Grogu, you did have the force. So that maybe kind of helped bring that kind of idea of like, okay, this is the Star Wars universe. Um, but, uh, well, we no, no time like the present. Uh, what do you give the writing of Solo? Oh, 14. 14. Yeah, that sounds about right, a 14. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, finally... it, it pays me a little bit because we did get more, um, you know, words out of Darth Maul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it just... But it was... that, that one little post-credit scene doesn't really make up for the rest of the movie. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, well, yeah. let's talk about the, the overall story that was told. Uh, I think I kind of hit on it, you know, earlier when I said, for me, this is the movie that I don't think I never, I never asked for. That being said, it was still a fun movie. You know, I, like I said time and time again, I enjoyed the movie. Was it my favorite Star Wars movie? Not by a long shot. But it was still a fun adventure. Um, I, I mean... What about you? What did, I mean, what did you think of the story that was told? Um, I thought they could have done more with the crime syndicate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt like the best part of what we were shown were just little tiny bites. Mm-hmm. And instead, we were given a whole lot of what felt to me is being more filler kind of stuff, which I know, I mean, it's a story about Han and not a story about the crime syndicates, not a story Mm -hmm. about Dark Maul. It's a story about Han. But he, he was probably one of the least interesting parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, For me, I've said this before in on Facebook and other places like that, like that, 
I think Solo would have been better as a series. I think Solo would have been a, a great Disney, would make a great Disney Plus series as just an adventure <laughs> of the week. You know, you don't even have to have an origin story. Just it's Han and Chewie going out in the Falcon and having these adventures. And you can bring in the, you can do things with the crime syndicates. Then you can you know explain them in a little bit more detail as to who they are and, you know, how, how they connect. And you see, I even have a perfect way to end the series. The last scene would be them, them on Tatooine in the cantina. And they're talking about, you know, how they dropped the, they dropped the, uh, they, they, they got boarded by the, the empire. They have to pay, pay back Java. How are they going to get that money? And then you hear the, wait, hey, there are no droids in here. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the perfect way to end that series is, that, that is would, like is with that that would be cool and it wouldn't even uh happen. but yeah i think it would have been I, it would be a perfect foil for a series i think um yeah. you can delve more into the character and tell stories and you could even do it like the old you know instead of having how so many stories nowadays are driven by like um how one story builds on another uh, another and it's kind of they're kind of like they kind of make an overall story arc you know almost like little move little bits that make almost like a movie you could do a solo series almost like the old old the old way they used to do tv where each story was its own self-contained story and you didn't have to necessarily do this overall story arc you could just do a little like i said adventure of the week you know han going out and getting into trouble and mischief once again um but i mean like i said the movie was very paint by numbers um there's a lot of stuff that felt shoehorned in as far as like um story arcs and storylines and um like they had to fit in like oh here's why the why the falcon sounds you know is the way it is and here's why you know uh c3po made the comment of oh your ship has a very unusual dialogue dialect i'm trying to oh here's why let's shoehorn that in oh let's shoehorn you know this is a lot of stuff felt very shoehorned in um, for me at least. Right. What 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 about you? What was your kind of thoughts on it? Oh, um, I felt like out of <laughs> oh, this is my general feeling um, of almost all the movies that have come out so far. Out of all the possible stories that they could have created, <laughs> um. That's what we got. And yeah. it, it almost felt like they just took kind of a standard scaffolding and filled it in with Star Wars without mm -hmm. it being a real kind of a Star Wars story. It just, it felt, mm. I mean, it felt of that universe, but it, it felt disconnected. Almost like, um, Almost like a weird dream. Like someone in that yeah. galaxy 
was having a weird dream or a series of weird dreams, and that's the weird dream that person had. Um, but that's the general feeling I get from almost all the movies. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it's just um, not a whole lot of it made that much sense, but it still worked kind of like how a weird dream kind of works. And yeah. and that's my um, you know general feeling of a, a lot of these movies anyway is that I kind of in order to make them work in the canon in my head um, it's a you know a dream that someone's having in that galaxy basically yeah so what would you give the story uh, um, out of a twenty. I would give it a nine. A nine? That was one more than I gave it. I gave it an eight. So <laughs> that means I gave it a total score of 62, and you gave it a total score of 63. So our tally right now is a 125 for. Solo, a Star Wars story, which so far makes that the second highest rated movie that we've had so far on our rating systems. Um, uh, uh, short, just short of the 197 for episode three. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, Solo is a very interesting movie. Um, so what do you think? There's been a big movement recently. It's kind of started to pick up steam. I've been seeing the Make Solo 2 Happen movement. Uh, it's it's really starting to pick up steam. A lot of people are there. They even have a hashtag now. Hashtag Make Solo 2 Happen. Um, one, will it ever happen? I mean... I don't. My question is: Is it do the fans really want more of Han Solo, or do they want more um, adventures into the underworld? I think that's what it is. I think they want more Maul. They want more of that, and they see it as. The as, as solo as the vehicle to do that with. I don't know just because of. I mean, solo is the reason why the Star Wars stories stopped because they had plans for all these other Star Wars Star Wars stories that they were going to be doing, um, but then solo for lack of a better term, bombed at the box box office. And that kind of put the kibosh on that. Uh, so if you're a studio head, if you're the head of Disney, if you're Kathleen Kennedy at Lucasfilms, or, or even higher up in Disney, and you're looking at that and you're like, all right, th- this movie didn't do well. For whatever reason, this movie didn't do as well as we thought it would at the box office. It's the closest that this franchise has gotten to a flop. Why would we put invest money in making a second one? 
Yeah, and why are people asking? Why that? would we? Why? Why would we do that? Um, because it's a no, it's it's a high risk with a potential okay reward. You know? I would um, do I would do some digging. I would want to find out why some fans are asking for a solo two when it didn't do good. Yeah. Um and I mean, if more and more fans are asking for a solo too, like, well, there's something that they want to see that they're not seeing. You know, what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, is it really yeah. about Han Solo? Probably not. Is it that do they want a, a Darth Maul exploration thing? Do or is there something really intriguing about the criminal element and the um, underworld and that sort of thing? Um, one thing that I know years and years and years ago. Uh, George Lucas made a small pilot of mm. a mm. underworld movie, which yes. it was mind blowing. I mean, for the the, te- the oh. technology and the abilities they had to make that, I forget when it was. It was like two thousand seven, maybe. It was early two thousand. It was right before. I know which one you're talking. About. I can't think what that what it was called, but it was it was shortly before he sold to Disney. Um. It was like maybe like uh, like three or four years before he sold to Disney when he did that when he did that and yeah you're right it is very I mean it is very much in of its time like you can tell it was made in the early two thousands just mm-hmm. the way just the the lighting and the way everything is you can tell, like that's yeah that's early two thousands I like I could see that I could see that as a CW TV show. Um. It it was good though. It was it was. Oh yeah, it was. Oh, it captivated me. And what I liked is, even though it was about the underworld, it was um, basically good guys trying to smuggle through underworld passages um, Mm -hmm. while living in a empire-controlled planet. And I thought that was. really delicious take to the complexities of the underworld that it wasn't all just criminals and you know evil and all this other stuff and slave traders and you name it um it was a lot it was good guys too that were using Mm -hmm. underworld methods and you know i've been wondering for a while um why they don't revisit that type of story um because I think that's what a lot of people want to see. But here's the thing. If I was Kathleen Kennedy, I would say, we're going to make that. And we're going to use that to bring back, wait for it, drumroll, Sith and the Jedi into the current timeline. Mm-hmm. So... I believe that even though the Jedi are pretty much killed, except for maybe just a few people here and there, that really only happened within the inner worlds, like you know, mm. core, uh, you know, the inner the inner rim, and mm. possibly reaching out into the mid rim. But you have the rest of the mid rim, you have the outer rim, and you have the unknown regions, and mm. we know from way back since old Republic times that there were Sith and Jedi temples all over the place. I mm. mean, both groups just traveled and spread and explored yeah. 
for one reason or another. Um, and I think it would be safe to say that there are still temples doing fine in other regions of the yeah. galaxy. And yeah. really short of time travel, in my view, that's really the only way we're ever going to see yeah. you know, groups of Jedi and groups of Sith ever again in the, in the current well, timeline. Yeah, unless you do, like you said, unless you do like um, something set in the Old Republic or something well, set in like the High, the high Republic. Well, but you would have to go back, you know, back in time for that. Yeah, you have to go back yeah. in the timeline, but I'm thinking, which is awesome. Like, oh man, I hope we see the old republic and the high republic. Yeah, see, I would like to see more, you know, more of a dive into. Uh, we saw a little bit of it in, um, uh, Rogue One, is looking at the Force traditions outside of the Jedi and the Sith, mm -hmm. like the will, like the like the wills, and. and you know, where maybe it's a planet where they know about the Force and they use the Force. You know, they have people who use the Force, but they're not necessarily Jedi. You know, maybe maybe it's in the unknown regions and they've never heard of the Jedi. Um, or maybe... So I like to do that. Maybe they've gone underground into yeah. the world. One, I, one character, I think... Um, I, I think... There's a few different shows that are on right now that could facilitate this character coming back. Um, and if you're going to do a solo, quote unquote, solo two, um, you can introduce them. But I think the best place to introduce them would be in The Mandalorian is Talon Card. Hmm. I think he would be a perfect fit for, especially for season three, to come in and, or even in the, Boba, the new Boba Fett series. You know, to have him come in as sort of a foil to Boba uh, as Boba tries to take over Jabba's empire, criminal empire, you know, as Talon Card is kind of coming in and trying to undercut him in some way, you know, flipping it where Boba's now the good guy and <laughs> Talon Card is the bad guy type of a thing. But, um, <laughs> Oh, this has been a fun discussion. Oh, go ahead. Great. Um, yeah, I've I've really uh, been enjoying it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Solo, the, I, I think it's one of those movies that as more and more material gets produced, it's just going to be sort of, kind of, you know. Yeah, it's... <laughs> buried. It's the, it isn't going to be something... It, it's, it's the movie that is... Oh, yeah, it's there. You know... I, I think a lot of times when people go like I have I have a habit of this too when I'm ranking the movies and think like okay this is my favorite movie this I like this from this 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 I would go oh yeah Solo's in there too oh yeah I forgot about that one crap where did I put Solo at uh um yeah yeah but I I feel that um, and I know they're they're coming out with all kinds of stuff they're coming out with visions which looks like a very Jedi based story mm -hmm. they're coming out with. Um, Acolyte, which looks like a very Sith-based story, yeah, yeah. but I'm sure that they're going to be set going back in the past. Um, well, I know, I know, Acolyte. From what I've heard, Acolyte is set j just before the events of 
the prequels. So it's High Republic. It's right near, it's High Republic near the end of the High Republic when you're starting to get kind of the Republic start to fall. Um, So the rumor is, is that it might deal, if not with Palpatine, then with uh, Plagueis. Okay. Um, One of those two. So it's going to be either Plagueis and his master or Plagueis and Palpatine and their, you know, with Palpatine being the acolyte or the apprentice to Plagueis. Um, I that's kind of the rumor. Lead was going to be female, and that mm. it was um, set earlier um, around okay. the Old Republic timeline. Okay, Palpatine. <laughs> but these are just all rumors, though. So who knows? Yeah. what we're going to get. Well, it, um, I, and you mentioned you. Oh, you mentioned re, you know. Uh, shelving of stories, and I know that they've kind of put um, the Rangers of the New Republic has been put on ice, at least yeah. for now, which obvious reasons with uh, Gina Carrero no longer with Disney, she was going to be kind of the driving force. Her character of Cara Dune was kind of the driving force behind the Rangers of the New Republic, so um yeah, I can kind of see, you know see why they put that one in ice as they kind of figure out what they're going to do there, um, which is kind of a shame because I was really looking forward to that series. I think that could have been a very cool, Me cool too. series. I, I'm to be honest, I'm really kind of tired of the same characters just constantly, yeah. you know, Palpatine. And Plagueis and that drama. And, you know, I, I want to see characters that will just open up that galaxy more. I mean, it, we're just, I, I feel like so much is just kind of centered around the same mm-hmm. characters, you know, like Anakin and Vader and the fallout of the whole Skywalker thing. And that just dropped yeah. on and on and on. Finally. Yeah. Um, like well, that's, that's what I'm so interested in, you know. That's why I think the Mandalorian, you know, even though they brought in Luke, but Luke was kind of like a character that was brought at the end. But to explore these reaches of the galaxy, you know, that's why I want to see is where people have never been before that we've never seen. Give us new planets that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, I, give us. I, I suspect that when they do start telling stories like that, that's probably how. Um, other types of Force users and the Jedi and the Sith are going to be reintroduced into the yeah. timeline. Should they ever decide yeah. to reintroduce it into the current timeline well, moving forward? Even showing us, you know, the war, the, the Galactic Civil War from a different era, area, you know, you know, away from where Luke and Han, Luke and Han and Leia were, you know, somewhere way over here where they have no you know they have no idea what's going on over there but they're still fighting 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 this war um i personally new events new characters and i i feel like um well my favorite thing about star wars it's not really the stories and it's not the characters it's the world building and the lore Yes. And to me, that is just so um, 
intriguing and movie wise you don't get much lore if any in the movies and when you do mm. it, it tends to conflict with other stuff that's been written whether it was in the books yeah. or the comics or the video games um i i really would love to see an old republic style story mm. almost like how a gamer would play the character where you would have say for example a whole bunch of sith that are truly evil horrible rotten characters and you know right. But then you have other Sith that are reasonable and you can deal with them. And you have Jedi and maybe these groups have to work together. Um, that would be really delicious. Uh, all the drama that would produce and the Mandalorians and all of that. And just bring in different yeah. different events, different stories, different characters and really expand um, upon the lore and the world building. I guess that's what I'm craving probably more than anything. And I don't know if I'm going to see it, though, so only time will tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we wrap things up here for tonight, uh, Ren, why don't you tell people where uh, they can find you or hear you um, out sure. there on the interweb? And sure, I'm on Facebook. Um, my name is Ren Tuatha Didanen. And um, I would love to discuss anything Star Wars with you or really any other topic under the sun. So, Awesome. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are at War of the Stars 1. We can also find us on, that is also our email address. It's War of the Stars 1, War of the Stars 1 at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow the Facebook group. Uh, just look for War of the Stars. And we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars. And uh, even though you cannot see it, I'm currently wearing our brand new War of the Stars t-shirt. Uh, you can find the link uh, in all our social medias. Um, click, click on it. Give us support. Uh, we have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, masks, mugs, stickers, you name it, we sell it. Um, so go check that out. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, we will be back next week with our third guest host. Um, and before we go, I just want to again say to Ren, thank you very much for showing uh, for coming in and doing this with us. It's been fun. Uh, it's been fun these last two weeks, just having, you know, new guest hosts on as we're in the middle of kind of a big change for the, of a change for the channel. Um, so thank you for being a part of this. Uh, again, I said this last week to our hosts last week, uh, to Rudy last week, uh, best of luck. Uh, and, um, yeah. Uh, so with that being said, wow. Uh, always remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. May the Force be with you. <laughs>